This morning I take you to Exodus chapter number 12 as we will be taking the Lord's Supper at Grace Baptist Church. We're going to be looking in Exodus, the book that we're actually studying out of, but we're going to jump ahead many chapters over to Exodus chapter number 12 and look at the chapter uh, that discusses the Passover. And so I want to read some verses to you this morning. In Exodus chapter 12, verse 1, it says, And the Lord spake unto Moses and Aaron in the land of Egypt, saying, This month shall be unto you the beginning of months. It shall be the first month of the year to you. Speak ye unto all the congregation of Israel, saying, In the tenth day of this month they shall take to them every man a lamb, according to the house of their fathers, a lamb for an house. And if the household be too too little for the lamb, let him and his neighbor next unto his house take it according to the number of the souls. Every man according to his eating shall make your count for the lamb. Your lamb shall be without blemish, a male of the first year. You shall take it out from the sheep or from the goats. And you shall keep it until the fourteenth day of the same month. And the whole assembly of the congregation of Israel shall kill it in the evening. And they shall take of the blood and strike it on the two posts, two side posts, and on the upper door post of the houses, wherein they shall eat it. And they shall eat the flesh in that night, roast with fire and unleavened bread, and with bitter herbs they shall eat it. Eat not of it raw, nor sodden at all with water, but roast with fire, his head, with his legs, and with the pertinence thereof. And you shall let nothing of it remain until the morning, and that which remaineth of it until the morning you shall burn with fire. And thus shall you eat it, with your loins girded, your shoes on your feet, and your staff in your hand. And you shall eat it in haste. It is the Lord's Passover. For I will pass through the land of Egypt this night, and will smite all the firstborn in the land of Egypt both man and beast, and against all the gods of Egypt, I will execute judgment, and I am the Lord. And the blood shall be for you, be to you for a token upon the houses where you are. And when I see the blood, I will pass over you. And the plague shall not be upon you to destroy you when I smite the land of Egypt. And this day shall be unto you for a memorial, and you shall keep it a feast to the Lord. Throughout your generations, you shall keep it a feast by an ordinance forever. Seven days shall ye eat unleavened bread. Even the first day ye shall put away leaven out of your houses. For whosoever eateth leaven, leavened bread from the first day until the seventh day, that soul shall be cut off from Israel. And in the first day there shall be an holy convocation, and in the seventh day there shall be an holy convocation to you. No manner of work shall be done in them save that which every man must eat, that only may be done of you. And you shall observe the feast of unleavened bread, for in this selfsame day have I brought your armies armies out of the land of Egypt. Therefore shall you observe this day in your generations by an ordinance forever. In the first month, on the fourteenth day of the month, at even, you shall eat unleavened bread, until the one and twentieth day of the month, at even. Seven days shall there be no leaven found in your houses. For whosoever eateth that which is leavened, even that soul shall be cut off from the congregation of Israel, whether he be a stranger or born in the land. 
You shall eat nothing leavened, and all your habitations shall you eat unleavened bread. The, then Moses called for the elders of Israel and said unto them, Draw out and take you a lamb according to your families, and kill the Passover. And you shall take a bunch of hyssop and dip it in the blood that is in the basin and strike the lintel and the two side posts with the blood that is in the basin. And none of you shall go out at the door of his house until the morning. <clears throat> for the Lord will pass through to smite the Egyptians. And when he seeth the blood upon the lintel and on the two side posts, the Lord will pass over the door and will not suffer the destroyer to come in under your houses to smite you. And you shall observe this thing for an ordinance to thee and to thy sons forever. And it shall come to pass when ye be come to the land which the Lord will give you, according as he hath promised, that ye shall keep this service. And it shall come to pass when your children shall say unto you, What mean ye by this service that ye shall say? It is the sacrifice of the Lord's Passover, who passed over the houses of the children of Israel in Egypt, when he smote the Egyptians and delivered our houses. And the people bowed the head and worshipped. And the children of Israel went away and did as the Lord had commanded Moses and Aaron, so did they. And it came to pass that at midnight the Lord smote all the firstborn in the land of Egypt, from the firstborn of Pharaoh that sat on his throne, under the firstborn of the captive that was in the dungeon, and all the firstborn of cattle. And Pharaoh rose up in the night, he and all his servants, and all the Egyptians, and there was a great cry in Egypt, for there was not an house where there was not one dead. This morning we want to talk about the Passover, and I want to give you the truth about the Passover meal. And I, I, I kind of key in on one verse. I want, want to draw your attention to verse 4. It says, if, And if the household be too little for the lamb, let him and his neighbor next unto his house take it according to the number of the souls. Every man according to his eating shall make your count for the lamb. Now I want to take you to the New, Te New Testament passage that helps us to see what the real meaning of the Passover was. We, we don't have to guess. You know, some, some preachers get really creative with the uh, typology in the Bible that this in the Old Testament means this and they can go into extreme details and they get, frankly, they just get carried away with it and, uh, and, and a lot of what they're saying is not really based upon what the scriptures actually teach. But there, there are some things in the Bible that we know exactly what is meant by these Old Testament services and sacrifices and, 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 and even instruments and furniture uh, that was placed in the temple and all these different things. Uh, it has a New Testament meaning. There, those were what the Bible calls shadows. And 1 Corinthians 5, 7 says this, Purge out therefore the old leaven that ye may be a new lump as ye are unleavened. And here it is, For even Christ our Passover is sacrificed for us. As we read these Old Testament stories, there's much to be admired and avoided in the lives of the characters in the stories. But the main purpose of these stories are to point to the main story, and that story is Jesus Christ. Remember, these things are shadows cast by the substance, and the shadow is the Passover in Egypt. That was not the substance. That was a great event, and it is a historical event. It really happened, but there is a greater meaning to that event. The substance is 
Passover in this world. Christ is the interpretive key that unlocks the Bible. That being said, as we look to take the Lord's Supper this morning in our church here at Grace Baptist Church, I want us to look back to the shadow of the Lord's Supper in the Old Testament, the original Passover that began in Egypt, and see how that foreshadowed Christ, our Passover. Jesus in the New Testament is going to infuse new meaning to the Passover, which is not really new because this was God's intention all along. Let's look at these three essentials of the Passover that are required for us in the Lord's Supper today. Number one, the meal was very unique. The meal was very unique. You see, the lambs in, in, in Exodus, the lambs that the, the, the Jews, the Hebrew people had at this time were just ordinary lambs. Uh, the size was typical. It could feed up uh, to approximately, I suppose, around 20 people. The Bible actually says here uh, that it could be a lamb or a goat that could be used in this sacrifice. It was a real meal with a spiritual meaning. The killing of the lamb and the application of its blood on the lintel and the two side posts would have would save the believing family from God's wrath. In verse 13, it says, And the blood shall be for you, be to you for a token upon the houses where you are. And when I see the blood, I will pass over you, and the plague shall not be upon you to destroy you when I smite the land of Egypt. For the Lord will pass through to smite the Egyptians, and when he seeth the blood upon the lintel and upon the two side posts, the Lord will pass over the door and will not suffer the destroyer to come into your houses to smite you. Okay, so this was a real meal, but there was a spiritual meaning behind the meal. And when the children of Israel obeyed the commands that Moses laid forth has given by God and killed that lamb and applied the blood to the doors, to the, to the doorposts and to the lintel, they were believing the message. They were, that, was, that was their faith becoming work. That was their faith becoming sight, rather. And uh, it, it was a visible faith that they believed the message. And so with that being applied, the death angel would pass over those houses and would not enter in to smite them, to kill them. The people were to stay behind the blood. They were told to eat it at the house where they had applied the blood to the doorposts in verse 7 and then in verse number 22 Moses commanded none of you shall go out at the door of his house until the morning that was not an option they were to stay behind the doorposts that had the blood applied to it that blood was the signal was the symbol was the token for the death angel not to enter that house but to pass on by the lamb itself was to be without blemish. The Bible says it was to be, in verse 5, without any blemish or spot or defect. You could not kill any lamb that you had, but you had to choose the best lamb. And even your best had to be one that was healthy or the ideal pedigree, if you will. I think of uh, dog shows and you go to them and you see them on TV and it's like, you know, you, you have a, a Jack Russell or a, a German Shepherd or some sort of a beagle or even a butterball, which I have. And there's a there's a specific there are specific characteristics uh, about about that dog that make it a prime example, uh, the best of that breed. And th and that dog will win the ribbon, will win the prize uh, for being 
for being a, a beautiful example of that pedigree of dog. And so this lamb had to be uh, of great pedigree. It had to be a, a, a good lamb. It had to be a, a lamb without anything wrong with it. And there was a three-day period. The, the lamb was to be selected on the 10th, and it would be killed on the 14th. And uh, so there was this three-day period after they had chosen their lamb in which it would be kept with them and time for even examination, uh, maybe changing of the diet uh, before it was killed. And Jesus, our Passover lamb, was chosen by the holy, perfect God of heaven, of whom John said, behold, the lamb of God. This was the one that God chose. You know, the people were to choose out their best lamb, one without spot or defect or blemish. God chose Jesus. He was the Lamb of God. He was examined thoroughly, yet unjustly by people. And his earthly judge, Pilate, was left saying, uh, was left saying in Matthew 27, 22, What then shall I do with Jesus, which is called Christ? And they all say unto him, Let him be crucified. Crucifixion was a, was, was a, a death penalty for the worst of, cr of criminals. And the governor said this in reply to the people. He said, why? What evil hath he done? He could not find any wrongdoing in Jesus. He was a lamb without spot. But they cried out the more saying, let him be crucified. Jesus's earthly examiner said, this sheep is without blemish. This lamb is without blemish. Even the great judge of all the earth testified of Jesus at his baptism. In Matthew 3, 17, God, the Father, uh, a low, and low, the Bible says, and lo, a voice from heaven saying, this is my beloved son. Listen to what, listen to what the great examiner, uh, one who cannot miss any perfection, imperfections, listen to what he says, in whom I am well pleased. What was God saying? This is the lamb without blemish. He's perfect. And so Jesus, our Passover lamb, selected by God, himself was a lamb without blemish, without defect. And the lamb for the Passover that the uh, Hebrew people had to perform uh, and had to choose was to be a lamb uh, that was out without blemish or defect. The sheep had to be a male of the first year. Uh, in verse 5, he was not to be beyond this age in the prime of its life, uh, if you will the flower of its age and strength and health. Jesus, our lamb, our Passover lamb, was approximately 33 years of age when crucified, the prime of his life and strength. He had grown to maturity and had time to fulfill all the law, all the expectations, all the standards, and the will of his father. He was a, a lamb in the prime of his life. And every one, every one of every one of those families, those Hebrew families, was to kill their lamb at the same time. Verse six says, "The whole assembly of the congregation of Israel shall kill it in the evening." In verse twenty-one, Moses commands the people to kill the Passover, referring to the lamb. It was a unified, communal, personally experienced event. It was not to be done on their schedule, but at the time appointed by God. Christ was once and for all sacrificed for all of our sins. In Hebrews 10.10, 10, the Bible says, By the which will we are sanctified through the offering of the body of, the of Jesus Christ once for all. Those that will be saved by the Lamb of God, 
those that will have the judgment of God pass over them and not touch them will be saved on God's schedule, not on their own. Wayman Morgan, a friend of mine when I was a kid, I, he, I went to school with him and I even went to stay at a babysitter with him. But I can remember Wayman in the, in the locker room before physical education class as a, as a middle school student, probably sixth, seventh grade. I can remember somehow the conversation of being a Christian came up. And I remember Wayman saying, I don't want to be a Christian right now. I don't want to become a Christian right now. I want to have fun and live how I want to. Later, I'll, I'll become a Christian. He said, I'll get saved later. Well, that might happen. But this might also be the last time the Spirit convicts your stony heart. Wayman Morgan has already passed away in his 30s. I don't know if he ever became a Christian, but I'll tell you this this morning. Don't delay becoming a Christian. Don't delay when the Spirit of God convicts your heart. It is at the time appointed by God that you will become a Christian, that you will be saved. The Spirit must convict your heart of sin and righteousness and judgment. And at that time, you need to respond in submission and humility and repentance and faith to that conviction. I want you to notice also that the Passover had to be killed. When God the Father was about to strike the Son for our salvation, Jesus prayed in the garden, the Bible says in Matthew 26, 39, and he went a little further, Jesus, and fell on his face and prayed, saying, Oh, my Father, if it be possible, let this cup, what cup? The cup of his judgment, of his wrath, the passing of the Lord, that death angel. Let this cup pass from me. Nevertheless, not as I will, but as thou wilt. In other words, there was no other way. It had to be done this way. The Passover had to be killed. The Lamb of God had to be killed. Jesus had to die. The Lamb had to be slain in order for us to be saved. The blood must be applied to your life. How does the blood become applied to your life? By faith and repentance toward Jesus Christ. Paul tells us that the church, the church, or Paul, Paul tells the church in 1 Corinthians eleven thirty three. he says, Wherefore, my brethren, when you come together to eat, tarry one for another. The New Testament practice of the Passover is called the Lord's Supper. We don't kill a lamb. Jesus gave us Two, two, two ingredients, uh, the, the juice and the bread. The juice representing the, the blood of Jesus and the, 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 the bread, the unleavened bread, representing the body of Jesus. Uh, that, that lamb of God that was slain for us. And he tells the Christians there in the Corinthian church, he says, wait for one another. You're going to do this at the same time, similar to what took place in Passover in the Old Testament, that they were to do it together, all at the same time. We take this supper together as a believing church, not individually. It is a communal event. They were to eat it ready to go. It was to be cooked by fire and consumed right then. Nothing was to be left over till morning. That was why if you were a too small of a family, you were to invite your neighbors over to eat it with you. But if, if there was somehow some left over, then that was to be burned up 
as sacrifice unto the Lord. The sacrifice of Jesus is available for all to feed upon today. His blood is shed for the remission, for the forgiveness of our sins today. But the night is coming when it will no longer be available. All of the cooking and eating was done in haste. They roasted it, having already packed up their pots. The bread was unleavened, also as, as a much quicker method of, of cooking. They did not have time uh, to allow for the leavening. Uh, salvation and deliverance would go together. They would be saved by the blood, but also immediately delivered and expected to get moving in their newfound liberty of serving the God of heaven. No time to tarry in the bondage of Egypt. Christian, there is no time to tarry, to linger in the bondage of sin. It's time to get moving and serving the living God the moment he saves us. Paul tells us that Jesus saves us and recreates us under good works. In verse 11, the Bible says here in Genesis, Exodus chapter 12, With your loins girded, your shoes on your feet, and your staff in your hand, you shall eat it in haste. It is the Lord's Passover. Salvation is freedom to serve God. Salvation is not, is not, is not simply fire insurance. Salvation is not just simply God forgiving you of your sins and now you can go on with your life however you want to. No, salvation is freedom from the devil. Salvation is freedom from sin, the bondage of sin. You could not serve God. You were stuck in Egypt. You were a slave to this world. There was nothing meaningful about your life. Everything that you were doing was a trespass against God and was just accumulating greater wrath from God in eternity. But now you've been set free from that bondage to serve God. Believing is the door to being a disciple of Jesus. No one was to eat, be saved, and then continue to reside in Egypt. Even the murmuring that the children of Israel did in the days ahead about Oh, would to God we would have stayed in Egypt. Uh, that got them in big trouble. And so as Christians, let's not think that we're different or we're better than they are. But as God has delivered us from the bondage of sin, let us serve Him and go on to victory and experience the victorious Christian life in the promised land. There was to be a soberness in taking the Passover. In verse 11, it says, Eat it in haste. It is the Lord's Passover. The language here is like a bird passing rapidly by without, without stretched wings. Isaiah 31.5 kind of uh, gives that description. It's also, it is also means to skip over, to pass over. So the Lord would be passing rapidly by, preserving his people and judging the Egyptians. Now, understand, the children of Israel had already seen God execute his judgment uh, in many different ways, God had already shown miraculously his power through the other judgments, plagues that he had, he had brought upon Egypt. And so the Hebrew people were aware of the power of God. Now they were told that, that God, the Lord, would be passing through the land. And so it brought a fear upon them. It brought a soberness upon them. It is the Lord's Passover. So the Lord would be passing by that night. The word is explained in the next verse. In verse 12, it says, For I will pass through the land of Egypt this night and will smite all the firstborn in the land of Egypt, both man 
and beast. And against all the gods of Egypt, I will execute judgment. I am the Lord. And so the children of Israel were warned that God, the God of heaven, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, the God who had brought all the previous judgments upon Egypt would be passing through the land of Egypt that night and would be killing, smiting all the firstborn in the land of Egypt, both man and beast, and executing judgment upon all the gods of Egypt. I am the Lord. God would be passing by that night. There was a soberness, a seriousness about taking the Passover as they sat at meat, as they sat at that table. There was a seriousness about the power of God, about the passing by of the Lord, about the presence of God. Its absence in the home, absence of this Passover lamb in the home caused great crying. Its absence, the absence of the blood being applied to the doorposts and the lintel caused great crying that night. It came to pass in verse 29 that at midnight the Lord smote all the firstborn in the land of Egypt from the firstborn of Pharaoh that sat on his throne under the firstborn of the captive that was in the dungeon and all the firstborn of the cattle. Can you imagine that night, the death, the amount of, uh, of, of firstborn children dying? Can you imagine all the deaths of those animals? All the death. Can you imagine the great crying that took place? It says in verse 30, Pharaoh rose up in the night, he and all his servants and all the Egyptians. And there was a great cry in Egypt. For there was not a house where there was not one dead. Notice the judgment hit the powerful and the poor, the throne and the prison. God is not a respecter of persons. He's a respecter of the Passover lamb. The blood is applied or it is not, friend. There's going to be great crying in those last days. There's going to be great crying. The Bible says that one day God will wipe away all tears. But when we think about all those that have not had the blood applied to them, all those that don't even know the name of Jesus, all those in our family and our friends that don't know the Lord Jesus Christ, that one day the Lord will smite them. The Lord will execute judgment upon them. And friend, that is cause for great weeping and crying. Secondly, I want you to know the meal had to be shared. The meal had to be shared. If the household be too little for the lamb, in verse number four, Jewish historian Josephus said the number was never less than 10 that participated in a home uh, in the Passover meal, but was often even up to 20. But no one was to kill and eat the lamb alone. The entire lamb needed to be consumed that night. If your family couldn't do this, you would invite the neighbors over. There must be enough lamb and there must be enough people. Everyone eats and nothing is left over. This took a little planning, right? It was done with urgency. Time was of the essence. Our Passover lamb can save and feed all. Friend, if you had lived in Egypt in that time, you would have, you would have taken your lamb, your, your, your lamb without spot or blemish, without any defect, and you would have figured up, all right, we have this many people in our family. Uh, we can eat this much, obviously not, not overeating and, and probably having enough to have a meal, a proper meal. And, and you would invite it over neighbors if you knew that there was no way your family was going to consume this whole lamb. And so you'd invite it over your neighbors. Well, 
the spiritual meaning of this passage again is the Lord Jesus Christ. And the Bible tells us that Jesus uh, is the Lamb of God, which taketh away the sin of the world. In 1 John 2, 1, it says, My little children, these things I write unto you that you sin not. If any man sin, we have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ, the righteous. And the Bible says, and he is the propitiation. He is the, the sacrifice for our sins. The satisfaction to God for our sins. Not for ours only, but also for the sins of the whole world. Friend, Jesus told us in the end to go into the highways and byways. He told us to go to the ends of the earth, to go to every creature and preach his gospel. Why? Because there is room at the table for them. The Lamb of God can feed the whole world. The Lamb of God is enough for every man to have his sins forgiven. To have the death angel pass by them and not smite them. It wasn't just that you were to be in the house with the blood on the doorpost, but you were to partake in consuming the meat of the lamb. In verse number four, you were to eat. John 6.53 says, Then Jesus said unto them, Verily, verily, I say unto you, Except ye eat the flesh of the Son of Man, and drink his blood, ye have no life in you. Whoso eateth my flesh, and drinketh my blood, hath eternal life, and I will raise him up at the last day. For my flesh is my meat is meat indeed, and my blood is drink indeed. He that eateth my flesh and drinketh my blood dwelleth in me, and I in him. As the living Father hath sent me, and I live by the Father, so he that eateth me, and even he shall live by me. Friend, we don't literally eat the flesh and the body of our Lord, the body and, the, and drink the blood of our Lord. No. It is a spiritual message that he's given here. Jesus is saying, I am the Passover lamb. I am that blood that is applied to the doorpost. I am that lamb that you would consume as a Passover meal. How do you consume Jesus Christ? How does Jesus uh, dwell in you and you in him? By faith, by repentance, by you acknowledging that only by Jesus am I ever gonna be saved. Only by Jesus can my sins be forgiven. I am unworthy. Jesus Christ is the righteous one. He's the good one. I can do nothing to please God myself. He is the one that God looks at and said, Behold my son in whom I am well pleased. This is the lamb that God has selected that is without blemish to be our Passover. Friend, will you eat this morning of Jesus? Will you believe upon the Lord Jesus Christ as your savior you have to partake it is not enough to sit at the table it is not enough to just simply come into the house but you must be a partaker of jesus christ have you done that this morning there was one right way and many wrong ways to perform the passover supper the right way was to have enough participants there are never enough people at the lord's table jesus warned we are work to work while it is day for the night cometh when no man can work the lamb is available for consumption now by as many as will come to the table. But when the night is over, there will be no more opportunity. The sacrifice will be gone. Sometimes when visitors come from the States, they bring little Debbies for us. But sometimes, very few times, it becomes too much. And my waist begins to expand and I just start giving away little Debbies to everyone. Because there's no way short of a heart attack, our family can do it. We are to go out in the highways and byways and compel others to come in. 
We are not to be content with the great lamb being sacrificed. People sitting without knowing the Lord's Passover is coming soon to execute judgment on all the lost of this world. Friend, there's room at the table. There is enough sacrifice. The Bible says for the chief of sinners, God can save the chief. And if he can save the chief of sinners, he can save all those underneath. Uh, and so let's, let's go out as we celebrate our uh, missions conference this month, as we come together to talk about world evangelism and listen about missionaries and praying for laborers. Let's get serious about this thing. Jesus, the Lamb of God, was slain for the sacrifices of, of, uh, of, of for the sacrifice of, uh, to pay for the sins of all men. Let's make sure they know about the, 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 the salvation, the grace, and the mercy that is found in Jesus Christ. The spread God has said is enough for all. There is no one excluded from the chief of sinners to all those below. They are all called to come. In Luke 14, 23, the Bible says, And the Lord sent it unto the servant, Go out in the highways and hedges, and compel them to come in, that my house may be filled. This is not something we can put off on someone else, but each of us that have feasted at the gospel table must go and compel others to come in. And thirdly, and I'm done. It's a long message. I'm sorry. The meal was to be remembered forever. In verse 14, 24, and 42. In 14 it says, And this day shall be unto you for a memorial, and you shall keep it a feast of the Lord throughout your generations. You shall keep it a feast by an ordinance forever. It's a day I will never forget. Maybe a Jewish man would say, thinking back upon that Passover day, those that had lived through it. The 14th day of the month. The beginning of the year, the day we killed our best lamb, and somehow, some way, the blood of the lamb on our doorway protected us from the angel of God that passed through Egypt that night. We were just mere slaves, but God was on our side. We celebrate this day every year, and we'll do so forever. It was a day of victory for us, a day of deliverance, and it was a day of terrible defeat for Egypt. It's a day I will never forget. Verse 24, And you shall observe this thing for an ordinance to thee and to thy sons forever. It shall come to pass when you come to the land which the Lord will give you, and according as he hath promised, you shall keep this service. And it shall come to pass when your children shall say to you, What mean ye by this service? What do you mean? What is this whole Passover meal and, and, and unleavened feast of unleavened bread? What is all this? That you shall say it is the sacrifice of the Lord's Passover who passed over the houses of the children of Israel in Egypt. And he smote the Egyptians and delivered our houses. And the people bowed the head and worshiped. I want you to remember what Jesus came to do. In Matthew 5, 17, it says, Think not that I am come to destroy the law or the prophets. I am not come to destroy, but to fulfill. Jesus fulfills even the Passover. Jesus is the fulfilling of the Passover. In Luke 22, 20, it says, Likewise, also the cup after supper, saying, This cup is the New Testament in my blood, which is shed for you. Jesus is saying, This is the meaning of Passover. I am the Passover lamb. My blood is the blood that covers the doorpost. My body is the one that you eat that has been sacrificed for you. 
1 Corinthians 5, 7 again says, For even Christ, our Passover, is sacrificed for us. Now we do not celebrate the Passover in Egypt and deliverance from physical death and physical slavery. I love old wars. I love hearing of the victories and how great things uh, that you know our countries have done. And I'm sure Israel uh, can look back and, and it, it still is a wonderful thing to look back to, to the Passover in Egypt and see the, the great victory that God has done. But the greatest victory and the, the, the substance of what is being spoken of there is not deliverance from mere human slavery but from the slavery to sin, from your destiny, your eternal destiny in hell because of sin. We don't celebrate the Passover in Egypt from physical death and physical slavery, but the Passover of God in our life and deliverance from eternal death and the slavery of sin. God has taken away the sting of death through the death of his own son. We do this, the Bible says, as often as we will, we, 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 we partake in this meal as often as we will until Christ comes again. In, in 1 Corinthians eleven twenty six again, the Bible says, For as often as you eat this bread and you drink this cup, you do show the Lord's death till he come. We show our Passover, Jesus Christ. Jesus is the Lamb. That when, when I called upon the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, that his blood was applied to my life. My sins have been washed away. And when I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I can be assured that I will come out on the other side because he is with me and he will lead me into the gates of heaven. Today, as we take the Lord's Supper, think of that lamb that was examined and found perfect. That was sacrificed for all of us and let us never forget, take lightly or fail to teach our children of what all of this means. Remember the lamb is coming back to execute judgment soon upon all the gods and the godless of this world soon. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank you for this time. Thank you for the lamb of God that was slain for our sins. God help everyone listening. God, if they've not had their sins forgiven, they've not been made right with you, been forgiven and made a child of God. May they believe and repent toward Lord Jesus Christ today. In Jesus' name, amen.